This is Illinois in Focus. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll look ahead to next week and get commentary from Illinois News Network publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about a proposed progressive income tax, the gas tax, and more. First, here are some of the top stories from the past week. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker brought out unions and an online tax calculator to continue his promotion of changing the state's flat income tax to a progressive one he calls a fair tax. Pritzker said the state's finances are so bad there are three options. 15% across the board budget cuts, increasing the flat tax on everyone. And the third is to implement a fair tax where people who are wealthier pay more, people who are less wealthy pay less. That's the system that I believe is the best one, and it's the fairest one. He said 97% of taxpayers will get a cut in his plan and said the online tax calculator he unveiled earlier in the week shows that. Asked about critics who warn increasing taxes more than $3 billion without budget cuts would lead to rate changes in the future. Nothing stops uh, the the past uh, legislatures and governors from changing the taxes in the state or going forward to changing the taxes in the state. The nonpartisan tax foundation's Jared Walzak said Pritzker's plan will cause the state's business climate rankings to drop. You can't get a whole lot worse on the rankings, but you can get a whole lot worse in the real raw numbers. And that becomes a concern when you're going to see tax increases on most small business income and sometimes very substantial tax increases. He also said a progressive tax won't fix Illinois' troubled finances. If you provide this additional new tax authority and do nothing on the other side, I worry that uh, they'll be back to the table in a couple of years with a much higher rate. The Tax Foundation says if Pritzker's plan were approved, it would drop Illinois' overall tax competitiveness ranking to the near bottom of its national rankings. Illinois Democrats are still talking about the progressive income tax behind closed doors, while some members may be on the fence. For a proposed constitutional amendment to pass the House, there must be at least 71 votes. There are 74 Democrats, leaving little room for dissent if all Republicans oppose it as expected. House Speaker Michael Madigan said the caucus is still discussing the idea. We're going to continue to work with the governor, uh, refine the proposal, refine the messaging, and work to have a fair tax system for the people of the state of Illinois. Madigan didn't elaborate on what kinds of changes or tweaks there may be. It's like any group discussion, different ideas were raised. Republican House Deputy Minority Leader Tom Dimmer said Democrats on the fence probably have the same concerns as Republicans. He said the proposal takes about $3.4 billion more from taxpayers. You know, how much more is it going to be taking five years or 10 years down the road? And as people look at all the pressures that people in Illinois are currently facing with their total tax burden, uh, I don't think we could look at this and say this is going to provide any kind of relief for that. Demmer said Democrats on the fence should really consider a different approach rather than increasing taxes by $3.4 billion. I think we need to look at things that will help grow our economy. The best way to get more tax revenue in is to have more people living and working here in productive jobs. Um, we need to try to find ways to bring employers back to Illinois, bring families back to Illinois. At least one House Democrat publicly opposed such a move and others could be on the fence. State lawmakers hearing concerns over Tier 2 pensions in Illinois, and one says it's a landmine. State Representative Robert Martwick held a hearing in Springfield to get testimony from various pension boards for police and fire funds, teachers, and local government officials. 
He said they're eyeing what he called possible fixes to alleviate those concerns. Well, what we did was we heard from uh, all of the interested parties that are involved in the tier two pension problem, right? So everyone thinks of the pension problem as the debt that we owe to the tier one system, which is true. But the tier two is problem is more like a landmine. Um, we are approaching a point where um, these tier two benefits could be found not by the state, not by any one administrator, not by a governor, but by the federal government that we have failed the minimal requirements for, for providing retirement benefits, adequate retirement benefits to our employees. If that happens, it could create an instant and massive debt to the state of Illinois. So um, this is something that's been bubbling for a couple of years, and the idea is to start fleshing out through testimony what fixes we have to make. Inevitably, it would seem, we don't know this for sure yet, but it would seem as though there's going to be a cost associated with this fix. The only question is, is this a cost that we take on now? Is it a cost that we take on later? How much will it be in both instances? How do we do it? So that's what, that's what we started to flesh out today. State Representative Stephen Reich sees only one fix. I don't see any way around this other than structured federal bankruptcy for the, for the state pension plans. I don't want to do that, but I think that the need exists for the rest of the people of the state of Illinois to have a, to have a little bit of, a, of, a, of, of an end to this. We can't go to 2045 and pay $20 billion into a pension plan and still be underfunded at that time. Reich said this issue isn't only about the state's pensions, it's about local police and fire pensions, too. All these pension plans are on the verge of collapse and nothing we say or no, you know, there's no unicorn out there. Show me the tree upon which the money grows and I'll go ahead and um, and go out and pick it. But it doesn't. Reich warned against raising taxes to cover the bill, saying, quote, government has the power to tax and the power to tax is the power to destroy. He said federally structured bankruptcy is the only answer. More hearings on the Tier 2 pension issues are expected in the weeks ahead. The full state Senate could soon vote on a measure that would block an otherwise qualified candidate for president for refusing to submit tax returns to Illinois state government. Senate Bill 145 from Chicago Democratic State Senator Tony Munoz would require anyone running for president or vice president of the United States to provide five years worth of tax returns. Supporters say that the measure is constitutional. Republican State Senator Dale Ryder said it clearly is not. The Constitution lays out the qualifications to be a candidate for president. States aren't allowed to add to those qualifications. The bill that we heard in committee today clearly attempts to do that. It's clearly unconstitutional. The qualifications for president and vice president provided by the U.S. Constitution are the person must be at least 35 years old, a resident of the United States for 14 years, and a natural-born citizen. There's no requirement for making federal tax returns public, although most presidential candidates have done so in recent decades. Maryland, Rhode Island, California, Hawaii, Washington, New Jersey, and other states have attempted such measures, but none have become law. Ryder said Illinois Democrats attempting it are targeting Trump. Notice that the bill doesn't require the disclosure of tax returns by, let's say, a candidate for governor or a candidate for speaker or a candidate for Senate president. It's simply the president of the United States. I think that's a that not very well-veiled attempt to keep President Trump off the ballot. Democrats across the country have demanded that President Donald Trump release his tax returns. And nearly one out of two public school graduates bound for a four-year university choose to leave Illinois instead of studying at an in-state institution, according to a new report released this week. Cole Lauterbach has more. 
The Illinois State Board of Higher Education released its annual student outmigration report Tuesday morning. In 2017, 48.4% of students who graduated from a public school in Illinois who chose a four-year college chose one outside of Illinois. Eric Lichtenberger with IBHE says the two years of the state's budget impasse, which resulted in limited school and grant funding, saw jumps in students going elsewhere. Since the the budget impasse, we've been experiencing annual increases of at least 3.5 percent, which is somewhat surprising. Prior to the impasse, um, the the two years we had, it was only an increase of slightly over 1%. Former IBHE board member John Bambinick says the impasse surely hurt, but student out-migration has been a problem for years. Out-migration has been a problem before, and it's been a problem after the impasse. Uh, the impasse, in effect, ended in, you know, two years ago. We've had two years of a higher education budget, maybe not as much as people wanted, but it's been there and people have gotten mad. Uh, before the budget impasse, there was still an out-migration. So I think the, the answer requires a lot more uh, in-depth research than a superficiality of blaming a one-time event for a trend that's been present for a decade. Students who leave the state for college are less likely to return to Illinois after they graduate. I'm Cole Lauterbach. A state representative wanting to require child care facilities to have plans in the case of an active shooter says she'll bring forward an amendment to her bill. Schomburg Democratic State Representative Michelle Musman said she'll address concerns over the impacts her measure could have on insurance policies for such businesses. So certainly there are concerns about the great variety and capacity of the child care homes that are out there, right? Whether or not you're going to um, a large-scale commercial facility or if you're just going to an in-home daycare, we want to make sure that the rules are appropriate for each. We want to make sure that insurance coverage is appropriately um, accounted for. You know, um, so I, we want to make sure that there's appropriate involvement of first response so we need a lot of feedback to get to a high-quality bill, and, and I really appreciate my colleagues bringing their background and expertise to the table so that we can do that. Jacksonville Republican State Representative C.D. Davidsmeyer said the measure would be another mandate and urged instead for a resolution, not a new law. But there's so many mandates that I have people that have been in it for 20 to 25 years. They're not at the end of their career, and they are just giving up. They're saying, we're, we're done providing daycare. We're going to go somewhere else. So at, at some point, we're going to mandate so many different things that there's not going to be daycare for people who want to go to work and who, who want to still have a family. State Senator Andy Menar says his bill requiring Senate confirmation of a gubernatorial appointment to a private foundation is needed. Menar got a bill out of committee to require the Senate to ratify the governor's selection of the director of the private Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Museum Foundation. The private foundation that's supposed to support the public library is asking the state for millions of dollars to cover a loan it got for artifacts years ago. And a bipartisan commission of groups of lawmakers continuing to push for school consolidation, Illinois has 852 school districts. Ban measures at the state house would allow districts to consolidate administrative functions and save tax dollars. Supporters of the measures say they won't take away anyone's mascot. With Thursday's date being 314, Illinois Congressman Bill Foster introduced a resolution honoring Pi Day to encourage young people to pursue careers in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics or STEM. Pi represents the ratio of the circumference of a circle to its diameter. Mathematicians, architects, engineers, and scientists use it in calculations. Foster himself is an accomplished physicist. And from St. Louis to Chicago, many places in between, St. Patrick's Day parades will take to the streets the crack of noon Saturday. Sunday marks the actual day St. Patrick died in 461 A.D., but is recognized as a celebration of the Irish diaspora around the world. This is IRN. Those are the top stories of the week. Find more online at ilnews.org. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, commentary from Illinois News Network publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. 
This is Illinois in Focus. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Illinois News Network's Illinois in Focus. This is the Crosstalk segment. I'm Chris Krug, publisher of the Illinois News Network, and I'm joined today, as usual, by Dan McHale, our executive editor. Dan, how are you? I'm doing well, Chris, and you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Lots to talk about and and lots to catch up on. Uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker unveiled his progressive tax plan uh, late last week. It's since had, uh, you know, a little bit of conversation occurring around it. But let's start off and let's just kind of talk for the benefit of the uh, audience that, that listens to us both on radio and on podcast. Let's just be clear on what a progressive tax plan is. Dan, have at it. But Illinois Constitution currently requires a flat tax, which taxes all Illinois wage earners at the same exact Right now, it's 4.95%. So you, you go to work, you make a salary, you make $1,000 a week, 4.95% of that goes to state government. Um, what Governor Pritzker campaigned on and what he's been pushing for more than a year now is to change the state constitution to allow for what's called a graduated income tax. He and other Democrats who are supporting it are calling it a fair tax um, uh, because they say it, it, it would tax higher income earners at a higher rate. And that's what the progressive tax is. Um, his proposal calls for increasing taxes on everyone who makes uh, more than $250,000 a year with a top rate of 7.95%. So that's almost um, you know, three full percentage points above what, what they currently pay. That top rate would be on anyone who makes over a million dollars. And the kicker there is that top rate would be the apply to 100% of the earner's income. Usually, the, to give you an example, usually when you have a graduated tax rate, uh, if, if the rate is um, 5% um, for people who earn uh, $250,000 and it's 7% for everyone who earns above that, you pay that 5% rate for your first $250,000 and that rate hike only kicks in for every dollar earned after that. Governor Pritzker's plan um, if you earn more than a million dollars, that 7.95% rate would apply to every single dollar you make, not just every single dollar after a million dollars. He's promoting this by saying because only those who make more than $250,000 a year uh, would see rate increases, um, 97% of Illinoisans would see a rate reduction. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the there are a couple of interesting things to to, to peel back, and and, I, and 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 first of all, I, uh, let me just let me just offer this up. You know, so Governor Pritzker is calling this a fair tax. Um, David McSweeney, Republican legislator uh, from Barrington Hills, who's you know an an ardent uh, tax hawk, uh, is calling it a jobs tax. Uh, you can call it whatever you want, but it's really it's a tax on the people of Illinois to make up for either a lack of discipline from a financial standpoint, a spending issue, or other bad policy measures that uh, caused the state to spend more than it, um, it could. I mean, it's, it's, really, it's, it's really just that simple. I mean, when, and, and the, 
progressive tax, I mean, as it, as it's designed, I mean, let's just be clear. I mean, if this makes its way forward and, and, and ultimately is approved, and there's a lot of stages and gates that this has to pass through for that to happen. I'm not completely clear on whether or not this even starts to solve the bigger, broader problem of the $132 billion in tax liability uh, that the state has, or excuse me, in pension liability that the, that the state has. Well, there's actually, there's been a lot of good work done on this uh, since Governor Pritzker um, uh, uh, announced his rate structure. Um, um, he claims um, that uh, uh, that his his new structure would raise an additional three point four billion dollars a year. A lot of people smarter than I am dug into the numbers and say that's an inflated figure. For one, even if you don't um, take into account what how people will react to it. For example, millionaires who don't have to be here, who who um, who own businesses or who are retired on their income, could move to other states. So even without factoring that in, it's closer to $2 billion what he would raise additionally annually. That's in line, I think, with the, with the findings, you know, in New York State, which, which ad adopted, you know, a progressive tax plan. And New York Governor uh, Cuomo uh, came out really within the past month and said, hey, we thought this was going to do X, but it did Y. And it actually just seemed to expedite the departure of wealthy New Yorkers to other states. There's no it's, doubt that that's going to happen. Um, but, but the other side of it here, too, is uh, Governor Pritzker has, has proposed between 15 and $17 billion in new spending um, over the next few years. So even if you take him at his word that this will raise $3.4 billion a year, his rates aren't going to cut it. The, the one thing that voters in Illinois need to keep in mind is is they have to approve um, changing the state constitution for a progressive tax. And it's going to take 60% plus one. Um, uh, more than 60% of voters need to approve it to, to change the state constitution. Well, if you know your taxes are going to go up by this new progressive plan, you're probably not going to vote for it. So this 97% of taxpayers um, aren't going to see tax hikes under Pritzker's plan well, of course they want to sell it that way because they want voters to approve it at the polls. But once once voters change the constitution, that rate can go anywhere. All it takes is a vote of the legislature to increase the rates again. No one's buying anyone who's anyone who's looking this at this with a critical eye is buying that this is the long term rate structure. So it's certainly a story that we're going to continue to follow. I mean, it you know the, there's absolutely no question that something has to be done. You know, within the state of Illinois, to rein in the you know the, the sort of out of control uh, pension debt that the state has, and and to to bring it to some level of of uh, reasonable financial solvency, it's going to take some time. Uh, but this just doesn't seem to be the the right path to take. It doesn't seem to be working in other states. You know where it's been applied. California has a tremendous amount of out migration. Uh, Certainly, New York has, uh, in, in a relatively short window of time, um, had a, a lot about migration. And the people that are leaving are the people who can leave. They're the wealthy people. They're the people who create jobs and typically own businesses. And um, they don't leave their businesses behind because their businesses are taxable entities as well. So let's um, let's move on and talk. Uh, there's another you know tax, tax, tax. All we talk about is tax, it seems like right now. 
Um, I don't want to talk about the plastic bag tax uh, ever again. Uh, probably will at some point, but let's talk about the gasoline tax. This um, Illinois already has a gas tax uh, that's fairly high. I think it's in the top. It, correct me if I'm wrong. It's in the top two or three in the United States, correct? I, I, top top five, I think. But yeah, it's it's one of the higher ones in the in the country. Thirty seven cents a gallon, and there's a feeling that there needs to be an increase to that. Tell me where this is coming from, and who's pushing it, and and wh why we should why we should even give this a, a lick of consideration. Well, this is this has come up um, in Springfield last uh, four, five, six years. Um, uh, uh, essentially, folks at the Department of Transportation. We currently spend about between two and three billion dollars on infrastructure, road improvements, new roads, things like that. Um, uh, Department of Tra State Department of Transportation says we need. Um, you know, another 15 or so billion dollars to keep up with all the maintenance um, and, and other infrastructure needs in the state. Um, a few months ago, Mayor Rahm Emanuel, Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel, um, uh, jumped on that bandwagon and proposed uh, raising Illinois' gas tax to, to the highest in the country, even above uh, Pennsylvania's gas tax, which is about 59 cents a gallon. There's a lot of momentum uh, for this tax increase, as you mentioned, all tax, 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 all the ideas coming out of Springfield are, or raise the taxes. Um, uh, but it, it's looking like there's more momentum this year than there has in, pa in past years. Danny, let me ask you a question real quick. What cuts have been discussed thus far in the, in the legislature in Illinois? By the party in power? Um, none. That uh, by, by, by anyone. I mean, uh, I mean, what, but what, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily a, a Democrat Republican I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, it's really, it's an open field question. Well, yeah, the, the minority party has introduced um, legislation and ideas to, for example, reform pensions, but it goes nowhere. Um, the, the labor unions, the public employee unions are uh, vehemently opposed to it. They generally uh, make their donations to the Democratic Party. Um, so um, uh, those kinds of discussions aren't happening in a meaningful way. Um Governor Pritzker's proposed budget does not cut um, does not cut programs, does not cut uh, state spending. It only increases spending, and to do that, he's there's all of these gas hike proposals. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, all these tax hike proposals. There's a lot of there's a lot of proposals to keep to keep track of, and I appreciate what you and, and the and the team at INN are doing to, to just you know keep a, a pulse on the news. Dan, it's always great to spend the time talking with you about the issues that matter most to Illinoisans. Appreciate you coming on this week. They're always such upbeat discussions too. It makes my day. Thank you. I'm telling you, we got to I think we maybe have to work on our tonality, my friend. Uh, we got to, we, we need some, we need some, maybe some better, more encouraging news coming out of Springfield. Uh, hopefully that'll occur in the week ahead. It's almost spring. So maybe some change in the season will prompt some change in the discussion. That sure would be nice. For Dan McHale, it's been Chris Krug, Illinois in Focus Crosstalk. Now back to Greg Bishop and a look at what INN will be looking at next week. Next week, state lawmakers will be busy. Infrastructure needs will take center stage at a hearing in Decatur. Hearings in Springfield will focus on the state's bridges, local sales taxes and motor fuel taxes, and more budget requests from various agencies and public universities. 
There will also be a hearing later in the week next week about downstate police and fire pension consolidation. We'll be there on the ground to bring you the latest on these and other stories. This has been Illinois in Focus. Find more stories and commentary online at ilnews.org. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop.